1: Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or
0: just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever
2: you can get your podcasts.
1: Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Cbus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in Cbus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh-so-refreshing. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Pizza Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. You already know what day it is. I don't have to tell you. You're probably eating your breakfast pizza, but rest assured, it is finally once again Pizza Friday. I'm Adam Weinrub, alongside Thomas Carinante. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are sold, although this one is free. Make sure to drop us a five-star review, along with a mailbag question. Today, we are going to be talking about Fangraph's roster projection For the 2021 Yankees, a couple of things do not jive with the eye test. We're going to use it as, some would say, a jumping off point to talk about people at the back end of the roster and decisions and predictions we disagree with. Also, Brett Gardner in right field on Friday. What's with the versatility? And Luke Voigt, do not tag from second to third on a fly ball to left field with a bulky knee. Why do we have to do the same Clint Frazier rant again for a different person in the same week? I don't know, but we're going to get into it. Thomas Carinante I got good news for you Mm -hmm. restaurants in New York City open to 50% capacity today and that's a little scary and I don't think I'm gonna be indoor dining for a while but I'll tell you what that means I think we're gonna be over 10% for Yankees opening day for Mets opening day in about three weeks it's gonna be so beautiful so beautiful to get back in that ballpark the Yankees and Mets are both reloaded. You've got Jacob DeGrom. You've got Garrett Cole. DeGrom suddenly throwing 100 plus miles an hour. He hit 101 on Thursday night. How jacked are you for the new edition of the Yankees Mets rivalry and getting back in the building for the Subway Series this year?
2: Jacked up for everything. And get, we don't even need to dine inside. Yesterday was 70 degrees in New York. Oh, come I on, won't dude. Be. Come on. You don't even need to. If you don't feel comfortable with it, please sit outside, sit on the curb. Parking in New York is impossible now because every restaurant is occupying uh, spots on the street. Take advantage of it. This is how life should be enjoying life outside. Uh, But I mean, if we can get a packed house for the subway series, my God, we were deprived last year of a DeGrom Cole showdown because never happened. Yeah. The starts never lined up. Uh, Very odd games. We played against them too. It was just,
1: it had, it didn't have the right feel Uh, And they were all great games. It was one of the iconic years of Subway Series games. We lost the Tom Seaver Memorial game, blew a ton of leads, got walked off at Citi Field. I hated it, It but it would have been great to have fans in the building for that. Mets walked us off at Yankee Stadium. That happened. A Met Rosario with the home runoff. A Met Rosario, no longer a Met. Things you'll never see again happen in 2020, but also nobody saw them. Uh, 2021, if we don't get at least two Cole DeGrom games, I feel like we
2: got ripped off. Totally. And guess what? Even if we don't get two cold to Grom games, we will still have Kluber, Tyone. Um, and then however, Monty and Herman pan out. Then when Nova Syndergaard comes back in June, we'll get to see him a little bit. We got Marcus Stroman. Um, we got Carlos Carrasco. Uh, They got a, they got a nice complete rotation. Taiwan Walker's in that rotation. So there's going to be really good pitching matchups. If both of these rotations actually end up panning out. Um, And what's to say about both of these lineups, both very good lineups. The Mets upgraded in a tremendous way by adding Francisco Lindor. Uh, I know that uh, uncle Steve Cohen didn't exactly uh, make any marquee free agent additions Uh, that kind of would have swayed this rival rivalry a little bit more. Uh, Nonetheless, It's good. It's going to be good times if we have two 95 win teams in New York. That's never a bad thing. We want the city buzzing. We don't like when one team is crappy. We want the both teams to be good. And maybe we have maybe we have a little action where both these teams get back to the World Series like it happened in 2000. Who knows? But if we have a packed house for both of these uh, for both of these fan bases, able to go to uh, both City Field and Yankee Stadium for our matchups in twenty twenty one, it would just be exhilarating. My
1: body is ready. It's been far too long, but let's talk about the roster the Yankees will be bringing into those battles. Fangraft has an idea of what they believe the roster to be. They projected the rotation as Cole Clue, Tyo Montgomery, and Domingo Herman. Let's get it off right off the top. That I agree with. No problems there. The starting lineup, No qualms either, although that really writes itself. You don't have to be some sort of prediction genius to predict the Yankees starting lineup. But then things go a little haywire, and let's use this as an opportunity to pick apart some people who've been grandfathered into the roster that I don't understand why we are just accepting of their presence. And that becomes more and more obvious every day that passes. Here's the bench they've got for you. Kyle Higashioka, you got the spot, especially because Robinson Chirinos broke his wrist Sad, Um, maybe a little karma for making fun of the Yankees playoff crowds and then sign. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells O-H, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. With the Yankees, you knew that was never going to work. That was not a signing that was going to work. Um, so he's gone. We knew Higashio had the advantage anyway, but he's gone. Brett Gardner is playing right field in Friday's game, which makes it pretty clear that they were not kidding around when they said Clint Frazier was your starting left fielder. Brent Gardner getting reps everywhere. They're going to try to move him around. He's going to be playing in different spots when Judge is there. Clint is owning the left field spot and they've decided to move the veteran around. He's got one career game in right field. Thomas, can you guess which career game that was?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely not. No, I can't.
1: Uh, well, it was a very, uh, very famous Yankees Red Sox game in which Michael Pineda was yanked off the mound with pine tar on his No way. I year. was
2: going to guess a Yankees Red Sox game, but I would have had no idea which one it actually was. That's yeah, crazy. the
1: Pineda goop game was Brett Gardner's only career Ooh. game in right field. So uh, I kind guess bad we're things starting. to come. We're, yes, <laughs> maybe don't do that, but <laughs> they are doing that. Um, the other two bench spots, according to Fangraphs, Go to Mike Talkman, someone who we're pretty confident the Yankees can find takers for in trade. Uh, I wouldn't be too comfortable putting him on the final 26-man roster just yet. And the other spot goes to Tyler Wade, who for all intents and purposes has been gifted a spot because of his ability to play shortstop. And that's all fine and dandy until you realize he is not only the worst hitter on the entire roster, and I'm maybe counting pitchers here. I'm maybe not counting pitchers, but easily the worst bat of anyone in the projected offense. And he's no longer making contact. This spring, he's swinging and missing at an extreme rate. It is just spring. It's only been a couple weeks. But he has shown you next to nothing. He has shown you next to nothing in 2020, 2019. At this point, his major league career is, is emptiness and zeros. And he does not make the requisite contact to go along with his speed. Uh, There is almost no benefit to using him. Um, except for the defense, which, you know, I don't even think is that exceptional. It's just, it's the speed allows him to play shortstop. That's it. Um, I would personally rather see Jay Bruce get his spot. Even if Mike Talkman's going to stay, I'd rather see Derek Dietrich and Jay Bruce get the Talkman and Wade spots. But right now, Wade is striking out. He's not doing anything that the Yankees are basically right now. They're going into their roster creation saying we got to start with our worst player. As long as we use our worst player as a building block, we'll go up from there. I hate it. At this point, I'm getting annoyed. I'm I'm starting to get annoyed. I'm done taking Wade's spot for granted. He's a bad baseball player. Uh, yeah, I hate to say it. I hate to have
2: this feeling too, but I, I don't know when these roster predictions were uh, finalized for fan graphs, but I, this is premature. Just because you Just because we knew who the Yankees invited to spring and how it was going to create a, a sort of position battle. I think Tyler Wade at this point, if you're relying on him <clears throat> solely for the middle infield versatility, Uh, it's, it's an, it's an irresponsible roster move because if you need to give Gleyber Torres a day off, then you can probably just put Gio Urshela at shortstop and sacrifice the worst defense, a little bit of worst defense. And, you know, you still keep a potent bat in the lineup just because Tyler Wade hits from the left side of the plate. Does not make him valuable? He doesn't get on base. He doesn't make contact. His speed is great, but guess what? The speed is useless. If you cannot find yourself getting down to first base. Uh, and how many how many days off are we baking into the season for Gleyber Torres? Yeah, by say the 20. way, I'd say I I'd mean, say he plays 140 games.
1: Yeah, but he, uh, theoretically, don't you want him playing 162? I like, do. He's not going to. I, he's I'm not. not I'm not getting on a I'm not like getting on the mountaintop being like, "All young guys should be playing 163 games. They should be getting together on an off day to play an extra game." Mm-hmm. But that being said, like one of your youngest regulars, I don't think you need to bake in 20 to 25 games per year where you're like, "We're going to put somebody who sucks in." Instead, like inherently baking that into the roster projection is starting to rub me the wrong way. And yes, it's biased. It's because I've watched Tyler Wade for several years and this spring, but he doesn't have Uh, doesn't make contact, doesn't hit for power, doesn't have situational awareness. Ended one. We talked about the subway series. Remember that Mets game where he was the designated free runner on second base and decided to nap and didn't watch a fly ball and got got picked off on a pop out? I mean, he hasn't shown me intangibles or tangibles yet. So at this juncture, like I'm, I've watched enough. Of the product. I, I'm now done sacrificing 20 to 25 games per year where we're just accepting that we're gonna get worse.
2: Do we have yeah. do we have to? No, and the thing about this as well is we always talk about how spring training largely doesn't matter, but for guys like Gary Sanchez, who we talked about earlier this week and Tyler Wade, it certainly does matter because they have stuff in some capacity to prove. Tyler Wade has a lot more to prove than Gary Sanchez. Let's get that straight. Um, so if he's starting off the spring showing more of the same with his weak bat, with his inability to make contact, with his inability to get on base, then I think that should weigh heavily into the decision making, especially when you have a guy like Jay Bruce who is raking and who is a veteran presence and who is a power bat on the left side of the plate. So sacrifice a little bit of bad defense. The offense can make up for bad defense. As we've seen, we had countless injuries over the last four years. We've had Inefficient and inferior starting pitching for the better part of four years, and are off. And the and uh, in 2018 and 2019, we won more than 100 games, so this shouldn't be an issue. Uh, another, another, ta- a couple other talking points here is we're giving Tyler Lyons and Mike Talkman roster spots right out of the gate. Uh, I don't know, I, I, I would imagine and call me crazy. The Yankees probably have to go with a three man bench with and Jay Bruce seems to be the guy you're gonna go with Higgy Gardner and and Bruce. Um, because if Bruce can play the infield, that's going to be extremely valuable and allow Boone to shift guys over. But I don't know how Tyler Lyons is making a roster spot when Lucas Litke is absolutely destroying everybody this spring, and you just have better options potentially. That 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 could help. Uh, I think Litke is is first and foremost. I'm sure there is some sort of option thing here that maybe Fangraphs was was eyeing. I don't have the information right in front of me. Um, but once again, premature because the Yankees do need a left-hander. We know Tyler Lyons is not very effective. No. And Litke has looked very, very good. And with Zach Britton going down, that frees up a roster spot for the bullpen. And I just doubt they're going to use it on someone like Tyler Lyons. And let's not forget... The six man the possibility of a six-man rotation cannot be ruled out. I know Davey Garcia is not on this projected roster, but the Yankees could also opt to go in a different direction and add that six starter because it would give Kluber and Tyone and and even Montgomery and Herman, the necessary rest time that they're going to need to need because none of those guys are stretched out for a 162 game campaign. Kluber and Tyone have barely pitched in 2019. Herman hasn't pitched since September of 2019. Montgomery's comeback season last year from Tommy John surgery was supposed to be his his time to stretch him uh, himself back out, and he didn't get the opportunity to do so. So they're going to need an extra arm. And guess what? You can't tax this bullpen if Zach Britton's out for three months. So I, I, this needs to be amended.
1: The Tyler Lyons thing I don't get at all. That that came out of complete left field for me. Um he's somebody I haven't even thought about this spring. And neither has the coaching staff. Like that smells like one that FanGraphs got wrong. Uh, whoever's making these roster projections, obviously they can't watch every spring training game. They, if they want to reach out to me, they could. I've watched most of these games. You can trust me. Tyler Lyons isn't getting primo opportunities. He's also not even getting opportunities. Really, he came in the yeah. other day against the the Tigers, I believe, and got a bunch of righties, which is sort of like the hey, buddy, go get him. You're a lefty specialist. Can you get righties out too? And he proved <laughs> very quickly he can't. Meanwhile, Lucas Letky four innings. Uh, he struck out ten, I believe. Um, and, yeah. and he they gave him the ninth yesterday and, and basically said, you know, you've been doing you've three appearances, you're you're three for 3 in gold stars. You're getting A pluses across the board. We're going to let you close this one out. It's a five-run game, no pressure. See what you do. I oh, struck out two more people. Um, the one other guy I want to flag, I don't I don't see how Lions gets a spot over Litke. Um, and I also don't even understand the infatuation with Lions who they've bounced back and forth off the 40 men several times the past couple of years. He's contributed almost nothing. They they carried him in the 2019 postseason. Because they were almost like, yeah, we got a lefty. How about that? We found a lefty late in the season and he you know, barely pitched. Um, I don't comprehend that one at all. I-, I wouldn't have made that move. The other guy I want to highlight someone who we've been hard on in the past um who's going to make the roster no matter what but the the debate is how much high leverage work he gets Jonathan Lewisaga who in you know has been dominant this spring i believe he's got six innings pitched um the confidence is the difference um mm-hmm. he faced the real Philadelphia Phillies on Thursday got three innings on 24 pitches ended up getting four grounders back to the mound yeah that was in awesome insane like Incomplete control. Um, Every pitch he threw, he knew exactly where it was going. He got Didi on a 90-mile-an-hour tailing away from Mm -hmm. a lefty batter changeup, which, you know, I've circled a few pitches this spring. Somehow, two of them are against Didi, the uh, Jordan Montgomery curveball that just wiped him out, and then this changeup that tailed into the other batter's box and got him swinging. Recommend watching them, but there is a difference between putting up spring training numbers and doing impressive things in spring training. Bulldozing through that Phillies order and the heart of the real Phillies lineup in three innings on 24 pitches is one of the things that will actually raise my eyebrows and go, maybe I think about higher leverage appearances for him, especially because Justin Wilson, not to judge him on one spring training appearance, but he's not ready. He was like a week or two behind everybody else. He was stuck in Texas. It would make complete sense if he needs some lower leverage work at the beginning of the season. Try a wise ago. We are going to take a very quick break. When we
0: introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra, its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.
1: Come back. We're going to be talking a little more roster stuff and Luke Boyd. Stick around. Welcome back to the Inks Go Yard podcast. Thomas Carinante, your thoughts on Jonathan Loizaga so far, who one, once again, we this podcast has sort of been irrationally hard on Loizaga. And also it's easy for fans to sort of quick twitch judge somebody's high leverage efforts. Loisica got two chances in the playoffs last year, failed both of them. And it's just sort of the thing where you watch it and go not ready yet. I get it. Not ready yet. won't trust it until I see it like harsh, but fair also. I mean, you know, you don't have a lot of, there aren't a lot of playoff examples to work on. So we we were never like, he doesn't have it. He's not made for high leverage. Like you can't say that, but you can say what I've seen recently isn't going to work for me. Um, I'm moving towards giving him regular season, high leverage opportunities. And I I would like to hear your thoughts on that. We talked about this last year. And
2: I think that that's why we were, we ended up being a little bit hard on him because we saw his stuff. We know what he's capable of. And we kind of had uh, a little bit of a reservation from the coaching staff standpoint, because they're kind of jerking him around between Opening game, starting games, multiple innings and in relief, single innings and in relief, kind of like what they did to Chad Green two years ago when he was a lights out reliever. And they're like, yeah, hey, we'll make you an opener. Uh, didn't really like that. And Luizaga doesn't have a defined role. However, when you don't have a defined role, it's up to you to prove yourself in the few situations that you do get that are high leverage. Luizaga seemingly couldn't do that. And we were advocating for it because in his lower leverage appearances, he looked like he was filthy and then he would come in for the ones that are important and he laid an egg. Um, but... It's call me crazy. He looks like he changes delivery a little bit. I feel like it was a little bit longer the last two years, and he's kind of shortened it up. Um, that's just me looking at him pitching for the first couple times this spring. Uh, I like the way it's looking. Six innings pitch, five K's, only two hits, point three three whip, zero walks. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty considerable there. Um, so do I want him getting high leverage innings out of the gate? No, I want him. I want them to give him more of a defined role and then work him up to the high leverage innings. I think he's capable of it. If he has a sort of consistency or, uh, something to work toward instead of, uh, one day being like, up, oh, you're in for the sixth. Uh, you're going to throw one inning up. Oh, you're in for the fourth. It's 10, nothing. And we need you to eat some innings up. Oh, you're going to open today for a spot start. Maybe you can go four innings. I don't Those like Those are the worst. His I spot Starts it. are the worst. Yeah. Even though he wasn't like all that terrible, but he's just like it's he's he needs he needs guidance. He needs more uh, like don't job a chamberlain. This dude, keep him, get, give him a role, make him work for it. And when he has these high leverage or bigger opportunities, he will be better prepared for it instead of, Having it be totally unexpected. Uh, another guy we quickly need to touch on. I know he's only thrown three innings, but he's looked pretty damn good in those three innings. Adam Warren, former Yankee, doesn't have a roster spot on this Fangrass projection. Um, and once again, uh, you have to think he might get one. However, the previous arguments that we did have for him getting them is if the younger guys were not performing. Um, and guess what? Loisaga performing. Nick Nelson looking pretty damn good. Uh, Luis Sessa not looking terrible.
1: Um, and he's so, making the team, even if he did.
2: <laughs> yeah, he yeah, I, I, he's making the team. So um, given that, I guess, Nelson and uh, Loisega are propelling themselves at this point. I don't know if that puts him at risk and then it depends what the Yankees want to do, if they want to carry Litke or they want to bring a veteran in and Warren, because remember, Litke will be probably be able to be stashed at AAA. It'll make life easier for them. Uh, but don't forget about him. And I think that if... It's a good problem the Yankees are going to have if Loizaga and if Nick Nelson continues. By the way, Nick Nelson five innings pitched, three hits, four strikeouts, one seventy six uh, uh, opposition batting average. So um, we have to feel confident in the way things are trending right now. But uh, once again, premature roster prediction. Uh, I think we have three wrong answers here in, in summation.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm also a little biased against Loizaga, the starter. Because, what, you know, when you just have those negative episodes, like I got really sick once in eighth grade. I went to New Orleans. I, I was like sun blanched. I was just nauseous <laughs> walking around downtown New Orleans. And then I had a root beer float and then I got really sick. And so now I can't I can't even think about a root beer float. That's why I went to college with the express goal of never sake bombing, because I love sushi. And I've seen so many sloppy sake bombing moments where I'm just like, I, I never if I have one of those. it turns me off of sushi forever, then I'm out. Then I'll be so mad at myself. It's one of my favorite foods. I just can't do it. So that's for me, Jonathan Loisega, I went to a game, one of my most unpleasant Yankees experiences. Like I've been to bad losses before and this game didn't matter at all, but I went to a Yankees Mariners game. I showed up at 630 for a seven o'clock game, maybe 620. And I went to the side entrance uh, for entry, because that's where they demanded we go. The line did not move. The line was huge. There's no cell service on the side entrance, so the game begins. I don't know what's happening. I can't get in. I somehow get in at like 7:45, and it's like four or five nothing Mariners. It was uh, it was LaVisa against you say Kikuchi, I believe, and the it, the game was over by the time I got in. So I spent like an hour. Such a millennial, like such a, I spent an hour in a no service pocket just when I should have been at a Yankee game, screaming about not being able to get in. <laughs> and then I get in and the game is already ruined by Jonathan again. So for me, he's like a root beer float. He's got a, he's got to overcome something significant that, you know, this doesn't apply to most people, but it applies to me. So I guess maybe wait a little longer before the higher leverage innings, but I like what I see now before we exit, unfortunately we do have to take a Yankee to task. We just we just went over this with Clint Frazier, who opted of his own accord to run hard into a wall to save a home run, which he did not save in a spring training game. Just to recap, that's what Clint Frazier did. He said, uh, I had a concussion in 2018 that knocked me off my block for two full seasons, and I got that concussion by running into a wall in spring training. So after my greatest season and heading into a year where I've been gifted – a starting left fielder job, not gifted. He earned it. I think I'm going to run into another wall. I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, we yelled at him. He checked out okay. His body is fine. Apparently, apparently, but but don't do this. Um, little did I know, two days later, we were going to have a part two of this rant. Luke Voigt was scratched from Wednesday's game with a sore knee. Now, it's fine. Knees get sore. Spring training. We're all working in a shape. You can have a sore knee and you can not play Luke Voigt. If you don't want to play for the next two weeks, that's also fine. I don't care. Don't play spring training games. I don't care. But if your knee hurts a little bit, uh, yeah, I understand wanting to fight through it. You want to get in rhythm. Great. Voigt was in the lineup on Thursday. Fantastic. Love to see that soreness be minor. Love to learn how minor that soreness was. Voigt hit a ribby single, ended up on second base, second base. Fly ball hit to left field, moderate depth. I I don't even think a tag up, uh, Greg Allen tagging up wouldn't have crossed my mind. I don't understand. Fly ball to left field and you're on second base, so rarely do you tag up. Factor in the spring training element of it all, no need to get the extra base in a game in Clearwater, Florida. Factor in the Luke Voigt of it all, not exactly a deer on the base pass. In a normal circumstance, factor in the knee injury, what in God's name are you doing? He tagged. He was out, he slid, he got up in a little bit of pain, he checked out just fine, but said in the aftermath, that was just stupid. Yeah. Yeah, dude, don't do this. We've heard enough Yankees injury, I have enough Yankees injury worry in me to last me through a cold winter. Like, I could subsist on Yankees injury nervousness alone if I was hibernating in a cave with a bunch of bears. Luke Voigt. Don't do this to yourself. At this point, Clint Frazier and Luke Voigt tried hard to tempt the gods to give themselves devastating injuries. We have enough bad luck. We cannot be having this. And do not make me say this again. Aaron Judge, don't go out and fly a kite with a key attached to it in a lightning storm. <laughs> Stop doing this to yourself.
2: Judge knows, so we don't have to really, we don't even have to elaborate on that. Judge is very much aware that one misstep can can ruin an entire season. Very bizarre that Voight and Frazier have done this Two guys who no longer need to prove themselves, like officially don't need to prove themselves. No Voigt, home run champ. Frazier named opening day, starting left fielder, uh, gold glove finalist. I, I, I be being that Luke Voight can kick my ass and then probably my entire family's ass at the same time. I don't want to be too hard on him, but absolutely infuriating that this that that th- you're right tempting the gods here well, why are we doing something we don't have to do you don't even need to be playing we already know what you're capable of you should be playing maybe every other day just for reps for regularity to get back up to speed because you had a few months off um but also what is the third base coach doing why does he not have a megaphone being <laughs> stop stop do, do not run stop it why is he not why is somebody not screaming to tell him to not do this they know his knee is sore they know he was scratched from the lineup the day before with that issue and you never know what's happening with sore knees you could need a knee scope you could have a torn meniscus there could be some tendinitis who knows and you know with the yankees they're probably not going to do the, the 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 responsible digging to figure <laughs> out what exactly is wrong They'll ah oh, your elbow sore yeah you know we'll look at it in two weeks and then oh your elbow's torn off the bone all right we'll 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 do surgery so Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know who to blame. I don't want, I don't want to have to blame anybody, but I don't know how it's not reiterated every single time these guys take the field. Oh, okay. You're not, you're, you're on the basis. You're not moving. You're only moving if there's a ball hitting the gap or, or if there's a grounder to the opposite side of the, uh, a weak grounder to the opposite side of the infield. If you're playing defense in the outfield, get everything that's attainable. Do not even dream about diving or running up a wall or, you know, maybe colliding with a teammate. If there's anything close, just stand there. It's spring training. If the ball bounces in between two of you and rolls to the wall, it's a meaningless RBI triple. It doesn't matter. It's never going to count. It's never going to matter for anything. So uh, I, 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 there needs to be, someone needs to be talking to these guys every single day, reminding them that it's uh, 50% effort tops. Uh, Get your reps in, see the ball, get the feels, stand in the field, breathe, uh, breathe in the the, the beautiful uh, spring air and and get ready for the year because we just we absolutely don't need another opening day injury.
1: What's the worst case scenario? A devastating spring training loss? Like who, who gives a shit? You lose because you don't take the extra base on a pop-up to left. Okay, yeah, I think I can, I'll stomach that one. And also I just, was it Phil Nevin coaching third? Like was it two hardos see. colliding here <laughs> being unable to stop being hardos like briefly on March 11th? Because it kind of felt that way.
2: It did. I, I, you know, Phil Nevin's not going to tell anybody to stop, especially if there's an opportunity to gain an extra base. But uh, like I said, Aaron (laughs) Boone's got to be telling these guys. Yeah. Come on, baby, let's go. You just got to tell these guys, please, you know, when April 1st comes, do whatever you got. Actually, no. When, when, when July 1st comes, let's, let's start to see some dives. We'll be fine through April and May. We want everybody to be healthy. We want everybody to be able to play down the stretch. Don't need this. Let's not, I know it uh, look, uh, I know Voight can probably bench press me with one arm 15 times, but I got to tell you, buddy, we can't have it. And if that's going to end up resulting in me getting my ass kicked, I'm, I think I'm totally fine with it.
1: Yeah. Bring in Neil deGrasse Tyson and talk to the locker room about what happens (laughs) cosmically when two hardos collide. Like that's just, (laughs) so can we just, let's clarify that to the boys. Like we just, we don't need it. We just do not need it. Uh, that is it for this pizza Friday edition of the eights go yard podcast. Folks, what do what do you think the final roster looks like? Let us know. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of the places you get your podcasts. Say the line. Okay, fine, I'll say it wherever you get your podcast. Um, I'm not sure the FanGraphs people got it right. Uh, I am excited about the Yankees, though. I really am. Don't let the Tyler Wade slander make you think that I'm I'm not optimistic. This spring has sort of endorsed my optimism. I feel great. I want to run through the regular season. I want the fewest amount of injuries possible. Um, the Zach Britton stuff did not get me down. I'm not down yet. So let's let's hope we still have a happy couple of weeks ahead. Let's get to spring training and bubble wrap. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante.
2: You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. And folks, the usual. Head on over to YanksRR.com. We got content going up there for the foreseeable future, hopefully for forever. And then you can talk to us on Twitter at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We want your questions. We want your commentary. We want your suggestions. Turn it all into content. We'll have a good time. Uh, but most of all, everyone, please enjoy your pizza Friday. Try something different this week. Let's have some fun and then enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.
3: Yeah, go freaky with your pizza. We'll see you on Monday. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.